Sounders, keep your shades anchored and where they belong during life's greatest feats. Head to soundergoods.com and use promo code KTTC to get 10% off and free shipping with any order. You're listening to the Keef to the City podcast. Here's Neil Keith. All right, so after a very unpromising start to the season, 2-4 uh, and four on that homestand, the Yankees hit the road for 10 games, put together a, a very nice 7-3 and three road trip. I wanted 6-4. and four. They gave us 7-3, and three, so one game better, which uh, I guess it's really not better given what they gave us the first six games. But uh, now at 9-7, and seven, they return home for the Subway Series, the first leg of the Subway Series at Yankee Stadium. Three games with the Mets starting Friday night at Yankee Stadium. And joining me today to take a look at the state of the Yankees after the first 16 games of the season and get us ready for the Subway Series is Barstool JJ of Barstool Sports New York. You can uh, read all of his stuff over there on Barstool New York and follow him on Twitter at Barstool JJ. JJ, how's it going today? It's going great. We should have been 8-2 and two on it, but you know what? At the time we're recording this, Red Sox are up one nothing in the bottom of the second against Tampa. Tampa pulls this off. We are a first-place team. <laughs> I know, and I thought about that today after the Yankees won, and I looked at the standings, and I saw you know they're a half a game behind, and... To think about how bad the Yankees were, I mean, we were at the stadium uh, on, at Sunday Night Baseball thinking, you know, if they lose this game and they're 1-5 heading on a 10-game road trip to Baltimore and then Tampa Bay where they haven't seemed to be able to win the last few years and then Detroit who at the time was just crushing it. Uh, this season could have unraveled really fast. It almost did, um, but A-Rod saved the season on Sunday Night Baseball and then he saved it once again when they, when they went to Tampa after losing back-to-back against Baltimore. So we're sitting here today with as bad as the Yankees have looked for the majority of this season. Uh, they could be tied heading into into the Subway Series at the top of the AL East with the Red Sox, who uh, you know were patting their chest early on, all those fans. And uh, I'm heading up there next week for those games. So hopefully by the time I get up there, uh, we've, we've you know eclipsed them and have taken over the lead in the division. Well, I mean, I don't want to. Now nah, I want to say it. I told you so about A-Rod. <laughs> you didn't tell me. I was uh, you tell the, you could say it, everyone else. I've I've been on the A Rod. It goes it goes to everyone. I've been the the loudest drummer for A Rod. Um, I think not only is has he been hitting, which is you know been great. He had those you know that bomb in Tampa. Followed with another. He basically won that game himself. Uh, but he's he's taking walks. He's seeing a lot of pitches, which is how the Yankees win. It's how anyone wins. No one goes out there and wins 90 games, but they're making the opposing pitcher throw, you know, 95 pitches. You know, they're they're making him throw pitches, and that's what he's doing. Overall, um, I, I in general, like, I don't really care about the Mets. I don't care about the the Met fans. Um, I think they're you know they're going to blow their load uh, eventually. But for right now, very happy that the current state of New York baseball heading into this Subway Series. Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to agree. When you look at New York sports the last couple of years with the Yankees down years, back-to-back missed playoffs, the Mets haven't made the playoffs since 2006. Um, the football teams haven't been good the last couple of years. But now you've got the Rangers and the Islanders possibly headed to play each other in the second round of the playoffs. The Yankees are doing well now. The Mets are doing well. So New York sports as a whole is on the up and up. And you talk about 
A Rod there and how uh, it seemed like you know forever that the New York media has just been waiting for the other shoe to drop and for him to hit a slump or, or start to not hit, and that hasn't been the case so far. And I'm sure at some point he'll go through a slide, which everybody does throughout the course of a season. But um, like you said, he's doing a great job taking pitches. He's taking his walks. He has a 419 on base percentage. Uh, you know, he's he leads the leads the league in walks with 13 a, a, as of the start of games on Thursday. So. He's doing the job, and he belongs in the middle of that order, and that's been my biggest gripe with Girardi so far, which seems to be a gripe every year is the way he handles the lineup. Um, early on in the season, he does an atrocious job with it. He starts to figure it out later in the year, but he, he had A-Rod you know, hitting in that sixth spot to start the season, which just seems stupid, and now he's moved up to three. Uh, Carlos Beltran looks like he's you know cooked. It looks like his career's over. Um, and you know to see A-Rod hitting in that three-hole entering the Subway Series is a good thing, and uh, it's it's pretty comical to think that so many people thought the Yankees would just release him outright and and not and pay him not to play baseball anymore. And without him right now, they wouldn't be in the position they're in. I, in general, try to stay very positive about this team. So I just like to think that maybe him starting off in that eight slot uh, helped him, you know, get his get his legs under and build the confidence to come back and be a a number three hitter. But I love what he's doing. I love the example he's setting. He's he's being smart about the way he plays the game. Uh, I'm happy he's not playing uh, in the field a lot, uh, which is good because I think that'll really tire him out. Uh, and and he's just setting a good example overall. Yeah, I agree, and I think he's you know he, he's been saying the right things. If you watch him in post game, he's you know he continues to talk about how the most important thing is winning. He's not focused on these milestones. He's not you know worried about that money. I'm sure his people will be worried about it if the Yankees decide not to pay it. Um, but yeah, he seems to be looking like he's having fun playing the game. He's doing a great job playing the game, and uh, and he's and he's doing it well as a designated hitter. And you know he's only gotten one game at third. He had one at first. The rest of the time he's been at DH. He had the day off on Thursday, which was a little questionable because when he does play, all he does is have four at-bats, and he either walks or hits a home run, so then he's only jogging or he strikes out. So it's not like he's exerting a lot of energy, so I'm a little questionable about his day off on Thursday. Uh, but it seems like Girardi, you know, he just loves to give guys days off. I mean, he's already given McCann what seems like half the season off. Teixeira had the day off Thursday. A-Rod had the day off Thursday. Um, when Headley was hot after the Sunday night baseball, he gave him the day off in Baltimore. Um, and it seems like it's just a different guy every day, and it's like we never never really get the same consistent lineup um yeah i know i know it's a a grip a big gripe for you uh you know to share ended up going in and playing a few innings today i think that in this cold weather part of the season he does have to make the extra effort to keep guys fresh just because because they're older uh guy there's times when like steven drews had a day off and i think it doesn't make sense and you know a rod getting Today off was, uh, or you know, Thursday off was a bit of a, a bit of a stretch, but uh, hopefully that means we're going to see him all three games uh, this weekend, which is good. I mean, hopefully we don't see him with a, another off day for about a week. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. But you know, for Girardi, I mean, this isn't even a cold weather thing. This is something he seems to do throughout the year, every year. And it's not like he can turn and say, hey, well, you know, it works because the last two years they missed the playoffs and people got hurt anyway. And I just feel like 
if a guy's going to get hurt, he's going to get hurt. It's not because he played a day game after a night game or played five days in a row or something. He just, I just feel like we need to see the consistent one to nine every day. And it seems like he finally has the pieces in place of where everybody should be in the lineup. And now it's a matter of putting everybody where they need to be. And really, you know, I feel confident about this team. Uh, one through eight, even when Drew's hitting eight and you've got Headley at seven there. The only downfall really happens to be at the nine spot where Didi Gregorius, who uh, lost his starting job last year in Arizona, seems like he's headed on the same track this year because he can't field. He's a horrible hitter. He's the worst base runner I've ever seen through the uh, first two weeks of a Yankees tenure. Uh, maybe that double he hit on Wednesday night will wake him up and we'll see some signs of life this weekend at the stadium. But every time Didi comes up, it's an automatic out. Yeah, uh, and even when it's not an automatic out, it's a please don't do anything stupid on the base path. Please don't do anything stupid on the base path. Uh, I, I'm hopeful for him still because defensively he's supposed to be a difference maker, and he really hasn't been. I think the the problems at the plate have carried over to the field. Uh, I think if he were to – if it gets to the middle of the season and he's still not there and he's still all over the place, I could see them making a move for uh, you know moving Drew over to short. Drew's been producing, uh, but you never know with guys like Drew – or Chris Young, who've had really bad seasons, you know, just behind them. What happens if they do have to play every day? Do they get exposed? Yeah, and I feel like that's what happened last year with Ichiro when he was supposed to just be, you know, the fourth outfielder, and then Beltran couldn't throw and couldn't hit, and he had the elbow issues. So Ichiro ended up playing like 143 games or something insane at, you know, 40, 41 years old. Uh, that just wasn't the greatest idea, and he got exposed eventually, and he, he finished the season with a good average, but it was, you know, all singles. He couldn't hit, uh, he couldn't, you know, leg out the doubles and triples that he used to in the past, and uh, it just seems like the Yankees the last couple of years now, starting in 2000, 2013, they've had guys they've went into the season needing to rely on, and then they can't rely on them, and then they're putting out guys who are really just supposed to be, you know, role and reserve players, and now they're everyday players. And I feel like we could be seeing that, you know, even more with Chris Young, who's been as hot as possible, but he did get released by the Mets last year, and I feel like the way Carlos Beltran's going, I mean, if Alfonso Soriano could get designated for assignment last year after the incredible run he had the year before, then there shouldn't be anything holding him back from letting Beltran go if he keeps hitting, you know, under 200 with absolutely no power. Yeah, um, I, I think that there's just more money tied up in Beltran, uh, and I think it's, it's too early in the season to to make any of those decisions now. But he does need to figure something out. I mean, and there there was a game earlier in the week where he had, you know. Or maybe it was in Baltimore. He had, you know, double off the wall, top of the wall, uh, made a few outs, but hit them all, uh, you know, hard. And he's just got to find that because he just he looks old. He looks so lost at the plate. Uh, any ball that he's got to move for is a, a major concern. So I don't know. He's just got to figure that out. Yeah, and I feel like before he became a Yankee, and granted he was a, a younger Beltron, but even the year before he became a Yankee, when he was you know thirty six years old, it's every time he was up and you watched him play, he he looked like a guy who was going to get a hit or at least get on base or like you said hit the ball hard somewhere. And then you look at Thursday's game when he's striking out left and right, which is you know not just Thursday's game; it's been something that's happened every game. And I just have zero confidence when he's up. And the problem is that when he's not hitting third in the order, he's hitting like fifth or sixth, and he's being put in spots where they need run producers and he hasn't been that and 
you know, the the margin of error in the AL East this year is probably going to be a game or two, and I feel like you just can't keep running the guy out there, and I understand that he's owed the rest of his $15 million for this season minus what he's made through the first 16 games and then $15 million next year, but uh, I just feel like you can't keep throwing away at bats maybe after next week. I mean, you turn to May 1st, that, that first series in Boston. I, I mean, you're a month into the season. I don't know how much longer you could keep running the guy out there if he doesn't turn it around. Uh, I think – Part of it is we need to have an actual, you know, another option, which we don't really have. Chris Young is not an everyday option. Um, I think if we can keep Chris Young in the role he's in, it, it'll, it'll work itself out. Uh, I think as we get into, you know, through May into June, and we have an idea of really where we stand, I see the Yankees being more buyers in this trade period than they have been in the past. I agree with that. I think that uh, you know, as long as things keep going the way they are because of the five playoff team format and because they were in it for so long the last two years with such a bad team, this team seems like it should be at least better than the last two years, and those teams didn't get eliminated till game 158 of the season. So I definitely agree that they'll probably be buyers. Um, you know, When you talk about the future of this team because of the state of the rotation after Tanaka and Pineda, you got to worry about the rotation You know, going into 2016 come the trade deadline this year. Um, and Adam Warren, I mean, he shouldn't probably be in the rotation anymore. I feel like once Capuana and Nova gets back, they'll be there. Um, Evaldi's been the guy I thought he would be. He has you know, a good start, then a bad start. He gives up like a hit plus every inning. Um, so, you, you know, you, you pretty much got what you got with him. But when you look at CeCe Sabathia, yeah, he's 0-3, but he's actually thrown the ball probably the best he's thrown it in the last uh, two years, maybe dating back to, to the end of 2012. And uh, I feel like that's that's a good thing because going into the season, I you know we talked about how the season rests on Tanaka and Pineda, and if they're not good, then the season's over. But if CC's going to pitch the way he has the last few starts here, um, he hasn't gotten you know the he's got hasn't gotten a win yet, but he's pitched good enough to get at least two, maybe if not three wins. So I feel like that's a big boost because I had no expectations for him going into the season, and he certainly uh, seems to have found the way to pitch without needing his velocity. I mean, uh, aside from really dominating stuff that we've seen from CC in past years and, you know, the reason that he was signed, he has shown a lot of his old self in just the way that he's out there battling and he's eating innings up, um, you know, a, a, another complete game loss, which if you told me at the beginning of the year, CC Sabathia was going to throw a, a complete game, I would have said no. <laughs> if it was just... To bet on it, I'd never put money on it. It wasn't a loss, so there was one last, you know, half one less half inning than we would have liked him to throw. But he was out there and he's and he's fighting, which is I think very important because that's the thing that the t- this team's missed in the past is there was just there was no fight. Yeah, and I feel like when you, when you look at the last two years, they just had such a bad offense, such bad offensive years that there couldn't be any fight in them. But when you look at this year. Even the games they've lost, um, you know, outside of one or two games where they really had no chance of coming back in, they've fought their way to, to at least having a chance at the tying run at the plate late in the game or mounting some sort of a comeback or rally in the eighth and ninth inning that gave you some hope. So, you know, they have had a few comeback wins already, and even the, even some of their losses have been uh, of the comeback uh, variety. And, and, you know, they're one or two hits away from 
getting back in the game. So I think that's a good sign to see from these Yankees because that was the staple of the Yankees teams we grew up on was no matter how many runs down they were, no matter how many outs were left in the game, they were going to find a way to, if not come back, make it interesting and uh, make the rest of the series for the week interesting. And this team's done that, so I think that's, that's a very big positive to take away from the first 16 games. 100%. And uh, another thing I think we've seen, there, there has been... It was that one game in, I guess it was also in Baltimore, where the bullpen totally blew it for Evaldi. And you can't go five innings, uh, you know, 101 pitches and get out. But, you know, it's just too many outs to ask the, you know, the bullpen to get. We haven't really been blowing leads, uh, you know. And if we get ahead, this team has been very dangerous. If we get ahead... Um, the offense can really be poured on. We saw it on that Sunday night game. We saw it uh, on Wednesday in Detroit. And, you know, Thursday in Detroit was a prime example of just going out there battling, Tanaka battling. And, yeah, the first run was on a balk, but, you know, you take them however you can get them. And, you know, Ellsbury went out there and created that situation for himself. Well, uh the guys on the team, you know, we talked about Beltron looking done, Didi looking done. Um, Steven Drew was the one guy I thought shouldn't even be on this team, wanted him off the team before the season starts. Gave him uh, lifetime immunity for that Grand Slam in Baltimore, which, um, you know, a- ended up being the difference in that comeback win. And now it seems like Drew, because of how bad Didi's been, it's almost like Drew's a commodity now where you want him in the lineup, you want him at shortstop, if not, uh, you know, somewhere higher than Didi because we thought that Drew was going to be the guy that would bring this team down, but it hasn't been. And, and Didi sort of turned Drew into a guy who now can uh, take some heat off his back and, and maybe put together the type of year he had two and three years ago. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, I'm not looking for Drew to have, you know, a huge year and, you know, the the years that he's had in the past where he, he was looking for huge contracts. But uh, I look for him to put together a respectable year. Uh, he definitely helps anchor that infield. Um, he, you know, when he's moving, you know, from second to first, uh, second to short as a starter, he's shown us at times that he can get to balls at short that, you know, in recent years our shortstop would not make it to. So there's really a lot of opportunity for him, and he set the bar so low for himself that the uh, opportunity for improvement is not that uh, not that difficult. I remember before Rivera retired, every non-Yankees fan would say, "Oh, wait till you don't have him anymore, and you you know you have a different closer all the time, and guys are blowing leads left and right." But uh, they had Robertson last year, who had a very good year, um, and then they had Batances waiting, and now they have Miller and the Miller Batan. Uh, Miller Batances combo seems to me to be more shut down than even Robertson Batances was, and uh, you know Andrew Miller, aside from entering that game the other night in, in the freezing temperatures in Detroit and having a little trouble with his location early on, I mean he is as reliable I think than uh, you know anyone since Rivera outside or not since Rivera because it's only been two years, but other than Rivera outside of Batances season last year where I just felt like he would come in and strike everyone out, I would put Batances 2014. Job is 2007, and I put Miller early on right in that category where I feel like when he's coming in, you know, if somebody gets on base, I'm amazed. I mean, Miller is has been lights out, and I know Girardi's always looking to, to not commit to a closer, but Miller's the closer, and we spoke before the season, 
And I said that I would be more comfortable with Miller closing, Batantis being in that eighth inning role, staying there, not worrying about that pressure. And there was so much talk about him not throwing hard, his velocity not being there. But on Thursday, he came in and, you know, he's hitting 98 miles an hour, striking guys out. And, you know, 97, 98 on a few pitches, which is really good when it's 39 degrees. So once he gets into that, you know, 70, 80 degrees, he's looser, he's comfortable. I think we're going to see the triple digits on the radar gun again. And when you see that and you've got Miller coming in, who's a, a veteran and who is, you know, showed even when he was having a hard time finding the the plate, he can stay mature, he can stay calm and he can you know, figure it out. That's exactly what you want in that role. You want someone who is not going to let it get the best of him. Where I think if Batantis, something happens to him, I think he gets in his own head. I, I, I think so, too. And you look at, you know, his first few outings where he, he's walked totally. I mean, he has, I think, seven walks now in just a few appearances, which is, uh, you know, is a bad sign because outside of last year, that was his problem in the minors as a starter. That was his problem, uh, why it took him so long to get his call up to the majors and be a, a staple in the bullpen is because of the location and the command because he's such a big guy. And it seems like when his mechanics and his wind up and his delivery go out of whack, uh, it takes him a while to get it back on track. But he looked dominant, really, for the first time on Thursday against Detroit, which is a very good sign uh, using that, that breaking ball more than his fastball. But then he used it to put away Kinsler uh, with the high fastball, like 98-99 at one point. Um, but but I do agree with you where Miller looks like composed and it looks like every time he comes in, you know where you're getting from him. Where Batances early on has given you that shakiness to him. Um, but but outside of those guys, you know, we, we talked about earlier uh, in spring training and then right before opening day about how they sort of stockpiled all these hard-throwing arms for the bullpen so that, you know, if the rotation wasn't as good as it could be and they needed to go four innings out of the pen, they had multiple options and not just Batances and Miller. But there's really been no one else. I mean, you've got Chris Martin who's had a few okay outings, David Carpenter, okay, Justin Wilson. Uh, I mean, I don't really trust anyone outside of those two. Yeah, I mean, and the hope is that you you don't really have to. I mean, we saw what happened with um, when Avali went out after five innings. The the bullpen blew that game. Uh, it's up to our starters, and we've known this all along. And I think any really good team, they don't win it with their middle relief coming in in the sixth inning. You know, you want to get at least your your six innings out of your starter. Then if you can. Go, you know, some pairing of guys to get through the seventh and then have an eighth and ninth, eighth and ninth inning guys. I think that's a real recipe for success. So, and even, you know, if Batances and Miller um, have to stretch, then they, they have the ability to because they're not throwing a ton of innings, especially if the Yankees mix in a, a blowout one way or another every, you know, every couple weeks. Yeah, and, and early on, I haven't really been surprised in a good way by any one person. Um, you know, we've gotten what we've expected out of Gardner. Um, we've gotten what we expected out of Teixeira. He's a guy who hits home runs, will hit 200. A-Rod, I expected him to do well, and he's doing well. Headley's been himself. Um, Drew's been, you know, good and bad, which is what he is. McCann's the same guy he was last year. Um, if anything, I've been surprised in a bad way with Beltran, who we talked about, Didi, who we talked about. Ellsbury, who you know I get all over all the time, you not so much, but no one in a good way has you really been like, oh that you know maybe CC in the rotation. 
who's looked better than I thought he would. But really, so far, it's been a lot of guys looking bad. And I think maybe that's a good thing that they're they're nine and seven, and no one's really looked great on this team outside of a Rod because he's thirty nine and because he's coming off of eighteen months without playing. Um, I to share a. I thought he'd be on the DL by now. <laughs> um, I think Teixeira, it's me. Uh, at this point, what, he's got like five home runs already, you know, 15 games into the year, which, you know, he's on pace to hit 50-something home runs. Now, <laughs> is that pace going to stay up? No. But he's had a, a few solid doubles. Uh, I think we, you know, we want to see every time there's guys on base. Like, of course, we want to see a double in the gap or a home run. But I think he's really delivered. Uh, much more than I thought, so uh, I'm thinking about giving up gluten as well. <laughs> well, he's been he's been what I thought. I mean, he's hitting 190. He has he has 10 hits on the year, uh, five of them home runs, four of them doubles, so only one single, which is pretty remarkable. But he's at you know 196 uh, with a 3.23 on base percentage and uh, five homers and 13 RBI. So yeah, we'll take the power from him. He's exactly the guy he said three years ago he would become where he's not going to hit for average anymore. He's just going to worry about his home runs and RBIs. And so far, like you've said, they've come in clutch spots. And as long as he continues to do that um, and at least stay healthy in some capacity and not be on the DL five times in a season, then I really won't have a problem or a reason to complain about Teixeira because you can't really ask for much more of him from this point in his career than being you know, a 25 uh, homer guy and uh, get around you know, 90, 100 RBIs. Yeah, the last thing I want from him is leadoff singles. <laughs> so, and you know that average is going to come up. It'll, you know, he'll get it up to you know two fifty, um, hopefully somewhere around like two seventy. It's a it's a long season. You know, all of a sudden they have they have a rain out. There'll be you know some six for eight uh, double header or something, and all of a sudden that jumps up. Hopefully, you know that comes together. But for right now, the Yankees being two games above five hundred with the possibility of going into this Subway Series as a first-place team, I'll take it. I'll take it any day of the week. Yeah, and I feel like it's, you know, when we were 2-4 and four leaving the stadium at Sunday Night Baseball and they were going to Baltimore, and then uh, you know after they win in Baltimore, they're 3-4, and four, but then they lose the next two, and now they're 3-6, and six, and you're thinking, are they ever going to win a series? And uh, and now to be 9-7 and seven at this point, it, it feels... You know, I felt great about them now for the last uh, seven days almost because they've won six or seven going back to last Friday when they opened the Tampa Bay. And to think that they were able to, to win three or four in Detroit and were a Ellsbury non-double play away from making that game, uh, you know, tying that game and maybe going on to sweep the uh, a four-game set in Detroit is impressive because they haven't played well there in a long time. The Tigers have owned them for several years now. Uh, so they are in a good place. And the one thing that's the difference this year is you look at this team already at a plus 20 run differential and I don't think they probably hit plus 20 at all over the last two seasons and they're averaging 5.3 runs per game right now and I didn't see that coming and I know you did because you kept saying this is a five run per game team um, and they're showing that and I think to, to continue to score runs like this will be a welcome surprise because they went into the season thinking they were going to have to win a lot of two to one games and maybe that won't be the case anymore. Yeah I think that I mean the this offense, it's there. I mean, Ellsbury's going to turn it around at some point. Now, is Ellsbury going to go and hit 30 home runs and 330? Probably not, but he's got to play better than he is. Is A-Rod going to continue to rake? He'll have a, a slump at some point, but he supplements that with walks. Uh, is I think Teixeira eventually will hit more singles 
than he has. Uh, maybe we'll lose a few doubles and lose a home run here or there, but it's still, you know, it's not a terrible trade in. If he continues to hit less than you know 200, we're gonna have a problem. Uh, but you know Gardner has been all right. It you know he's got you know the wrist every couple weeks is gonna come up. Uh, really, the the only problems have been when we have uh, both the Gregors in there and <laughs> Beltron. Yeah, and I feel like. Every day that Gregorio Petit's a Yankee is just a miracle, and he should, you know, wake up every day feeling like, um, you know, he's the luckiest man on earth because I just still don't understand. And I know he had, you know, another hit today. He had that big uh, RBI tr- uh, bases clearing double on uh, Wednesday night against David Price when it looked like the outfielders were playing like uh, for co-ed softball when a girl's up depth because that thing, that thing probably could have been caught. I know it was at the track, but. To see him do that and then get another hit on Thursday, he's been good for the last two days. But how is it possible that the New York Yankees, you know, with the resources they have, there's no one better they can have on this 25-man roster as a utility infielder? Um, concussions. People <laughs> people run into the center field wall or, you know, they're just not ready to bring up Ruffenschneider. I can't – and every time I hear Cashman say that, oh, yeah, he could be in the majors, but – you know, he'd have growing pains or his defense isn't ready. You look at the rest of his team defense, and it's been better than it was the first six games of the season. But uh, if you can hit, you should be on this team because they're not exactly, you know, uh, preventing two or three runs a game with their defense. And more times than not, they're giving up runs because of it. I mean, I think for right now, where you don't know what kind of team you're going to be, I don't think Ruff Schneider is going to be the. Uh, the difference maker in whether or not this is a good team. Uh, but if you let him get more at bats on a regular basis in AAA and then later in the year bring him up when, you know, we might need a guy to actually come in and play, I think it'll pay off more in the long run. Yeah, and the, uh, the one thing about this early going is the schedule because, you know, they leave four games set with the Tigers. Now they've got the Subway Series where they'll see DeGrom and Harvey. Then they've got Tampa Bay for three at home, which Tampa Bay, you know, they had a hot start, but they'll, you know, eventually come back down to earth and finish last in this division. Uh, then they go to Boston. They've got in May, they've got Boston, Toronto, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, the Nationals. I mean, this team, we need a couple uh, Phillies-Marlins series on our schedule right now. Yeah, that would be nice. That's, I mean, that's the whole thing with the Mets is who have they played? You know, they, they've they played bad teams, and their defense is, well, we were supposed to be a bad team. But the Yankees are playing, you know, aside from Tampa, we're playing very good teams. You know, I'm really looking forward to, you know, playing Houston and playing Chicago and going to Minnesota. Um, no one's ever been happy to go to Minnesota. But, you know, once we can get into some of those games and, you know, some of those stretches – it's going to be really an opportunity to separate ourselves from where we are. Yeah, and I'm looking now ahead, and in June they've got uh, two games in the middle of June at the Marlins, and the next two nights they play the Marlins at home, so four in a row with them. Then they've got the Phillies the following week and the Astros after that, so maybe the middle of June is when we start to uh, pull away from the pack. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, it's not it's not an easy schedule to start the season, it's not an easy schedule for, um, you know, an older team because I think, you know, we play now for a week straight, then we play for, you know, like two weeks straight after that without a day off. And for an older team, that can that can be rough. 
Yeah, and when you when you look at the season right now, I know because we were two because we were one and four, and then two and four, then three and six, and now nine and seven. Everything feels great, but when you went into this season on opening day and you think to uh, sixteen games in the season, you know maybe this is a place you'd want to be now because of how bad things looked, uh, you know, ten days ago. But are you are you at the point right now with the Yankees where you were like, okay, I could see us being at this point through sixteen games, or were you expecting uh, better? Um, no, I wasn't really expecting better. Uh, I was, I was hoping to be, I think this is good. I was hoping to be a 500 team at this point and trying to find our identity, uh, which I still think we are, you know, uh, it it would be great to be on an 11 game win streak going into this, uh, series, but, uh, I think the Yankees are as much of an 11 game win streak team as the Mets are, you know, uh, even a broken clock's right twice a day. It's not. It's just. It's not who they are. And I'd rather not get the hopes up or start resting on like, oh, this is all going to figure itself out. To figure out who this team is, let them figure out, you know, what the lineup is, how they get along with each other every day. Because that, you know, that's another part of it that you got to factor in. Is just these are guys on the road. There's a lot of personalities. You've got a Rod who. Um, you know, kind of snapped at a reporter yesterday, and you've got to figure all that stuff out. Going back to when the Subway Series started, Interleague started, and there's still people that hate Interleague for some reason. I don't know. I guess they just want to play the same teams over and over. I've always been a fan of Interleague. I've always been a fan of the Subway Series. And even in the down years when the Mets sucked and they, you know, it was just going to be the Yankees rolling over them, it was fun because it was a few easy wins on the schedule. And now you look at it and it sort of has has revived because both teams are uh, doing well right now. The Mets on uh, looking like the best they've looked in eight years. And uh, the, the fan base seem to be all about it entering this series and you know they've got their big guns in DeGrom and Harvey going they'll miss Tanaka who pitched against the Tigers on Thursday but uh, the Yankees still have Pineda, Cece and Evaldi going so I mean this is a big series it feels like a big series and when series feel that big you know the only thing you could do is worry about losing them because I don't want to have to listen to Mets fans until September which is the next time they play so I know you like to be negative Neil but (laughs) the Mets are bad organization. Their fans are losers. Perennial losers. I sat there at the game the other night. I looked around, and they're just losers. They're sitting there in the best seats. I'm sitting in the front row, and when they're throwing T-shirts into the crowd, all the people sitting in the front row are like trying to reach over the net, begging for a ball. Just loser activities. And at a certain point, the sun rises. At a certain point, the Mets collapse. As an organization and as a fan base, they're premature ejaculators. <laughs> they get excited too early, and they blow their load. I can't think of a better way whatever God there is up there would end an 11-game win streak than a sweep in the Bronx. <laughs> Well, I think that's what everyone's hoping for. And I told you the other day, I was like, I hope they keep this going because you can't win forever. And at some point, it's going to come crashing down and uh, things have a way of evening themselves out. 
and uh, you know maybe the Mets will be the over 500 team they, they've longed to be but um, they're not going to keep winning forever and, and, and things do have to stop and you know they're going to Yankee Stadium where the Yankees are loaded with lefties um, you know they they you know didn't have a great start to the season but they've got guys eye in that short porch and the Mets don't have the power that they that the Yankees have they don't have the home run power they have and um, I do feel you know a little bit confident about this series I like that Harvey's pitching with this sprained ankle and sort of telling uh, you know the Mets training staff and the coaching staff uh, that he's going to pitch in Yankee Stadium no matter what because obviously he wants to be a Yankee when his first uh, when he's first eligible for free agency but I do have good feelings about this series I just know that you know things uh, don't always go the way you want them to and uh, and going back a couple years ago when we got four games swept by them that was pretty miserable and that was a bad Mets team and now we're facing a good Mets team so there should be a little a little bit of doubt in your mind JJ I need to be confident here. Um, it's what my it's what my listeners need. It's what my readers need. It's what I need as as an American and as a Yankee fan. We are, we're in good shape. We're going into this in good shape. I think if you come out, Degrom's a very good pitcher. Pineda can be a lights out pitcher. Pineda can be one of the best pitchers in baseball on any given night. That gives us a very good shot at game one. Game two, you've got Harvey already having excuses about his ankle, um, talking about his foot. It's been bothering me for a month. Uh, his last outing was against the Phillies. He's hidden guys. He got taken deep by Utley twice. He, you know, Met fans are spinning that into he showed he's a fighter, and as long as he's a Met, He's here to fight for us. We understand he'll leave at some point, but this is his team right now. That's great, whatever you want to tell yourself. I'm telling you the guy got rattled by a high school team in Phillies uniforms. That's what happened there. Now you bring him into the place that he wants to be, the dream stage for him. The Yankees should fly Jeter in and have him just stand there and wave to him the whole game. Just pay him another 14 mil to just stand there and wave. Harvey will piss down his leg. Now, Harvey is a great pitcher. So, you know, he could come out and have a great game. But I think there's realistically a chance for something to happen early, him to get rattled. I could see him throw at a guy. I could see him become I could see him throw at one of our guys and become the new Clemens Piazza reversed. He's that kind of personality. Um, and I think the Yankees feed off that. Then going into Nice versus Avaldi. Uh, I watched Nice pitch the other night. He pitched a great game. I don't think he has another one in a row against him. I think Evaldi can piece together a decent start, and the Yankees can get out of there with a win. I think a sweep we have a very good chance of. I think that them coming in having won 11 in a row means they're not going 14 in a row, so we've got one game right there. <laughs> now it's now it's a two-game series automatically. So easily walk away with this series at least two to one but if there's a lord up above the same lord that made luis castillo drop a ball i could have caught in my back pocket we sweep this series i i like your enthusiasm i like your confidence i like the way you simplified that they're not going to win 14 so we've got one and then it comes down to two you split those you at least won the series and if you get a little lucky you sweep them so yankees sweep the subway series uh i like that yeah, I probably post a picture of my dick on the internet. They sweep the series. <laughs> All right, JJ. Well, uh, 
Good luck at the stadium on Saturday. I know uh, you'll have a long day ahead of you, but uh, hopefully, um, you know, the next time we talk, when we check back in in a couple weeks and, and look at the state of the Yankees, hopefully we can look back on the Subway Series and look back on, on a sweep, and uh, hopefully things are going as well right now in Yankee land uh, in a few weeks when we talk again as they are right now. Yeah, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm sorry I have this tailgate and I won't be there for a softball game with all of my RBIs. <laughs> all right, JJ. Thanks again. All right, man.